Welcome to the Gambling Chalk Talk Podcast, where we major in the wager. Podcast episode number 327, and the Joker takes a guess at this one, not Darth. Got the Joker on this podcast. I take a look at NBA free agency and all the movement that went on over the past week. I look at the NFC West and their win totals. And then, of course, the Game of Thrones Bracket Madness Tournament. The Kings Landing Sweet 16 matchups. And it's me and the Joker. We do a summer movie flashback. It's Will Smith and Independence Day. Of course it is. Independence Day weekend. So we take a look back at Independence Day, the movie, the 1996 version, not the uh, not the sequel that came out. Remember, you can contact me with any comments and questions at jeffreybrillinger8 at gmail.com. Don't forget my bookie AG. Use the promo code DARTH at checkout. Sign up for their super contest. Oh, we're pumped up about that. $100. Enter the super contest, you can win $150,000. And, and, and if they get more than 2,000 people signed up, more, because all the money they collect from that is going back into the kitty. Top 15 people will win money. Uh, don't forget, all the picks are jeffreybelanger.com. Major League Baseball picks during football season, the football picks are there. Once basketball starts, the basketball picks are there. They're absolutely free. And uh, click on the Amazon banner ad while you're on jeffreyblender.com, and a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show. When you buy something on Amazon at no additional cost to you, and no fair amount author, the, the Ali Armini series, Cold Blood Red, Fourth and Dead, Squeeze Play, and that Amazon banner ad looks like my book, Squeeze Play. Click on it when you buy something on Amazon. Uh, you can get those books directly from the publisher, thewordverve.com. And uh, if you're an Amazon Prime or Kindle Select user, you can download to your favorite electronic reading device for absolutely free let's get right to it podcast episode number 327 with the joker and we have the joker he's gonna take the the place of dan trying to guess which player's uniform number or which player wore this uniform numbers this is podcast 327 so we got number 27 he's a football player he's a running back Almost the same age as me. Born in 1973. He's currently 45 years old. Um, give me another hand. All right. He uh, was an Ohio State Buckeye. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Would this be Ron Dane? It's not Ron Dane. Uh, no, he played at Wisconsin. Um, this guy, this Ohio. guy was Heisman Trophy winner in 1995. Would that be Woodson? No, he was Michigan. No, this is a running back anyway. Uh, I'm going to tell you his. I'm going to tell you his NFL team. Okay. He's, he's a he's a Tennessee Titan. Eddie George. There we go, Eddie George. He also played for the Dallas Cowboys in 2004. I did not realize that. He played a year with the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. Only eight games. No, he started eight games. Played 13. Speaking of Vaughn, uh, uh, you celebrated a birthday this past week. Yes. 45 years old on Saturday. Yeah, it's same, uh, same birthday as the great Brandon Jacobs. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, I also shared a birthday with Lauren Taylor. Oh, I also shared a birthday with my partner in crime at at uh, 
the school I teach at, we teach together. We also have the same birthday. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Strange stuff. Strange stuff. All right. So, let me talk NBA for a second here. Most of the free agents have been signed. Kawhi is now signed. And the era of super teams is now over. There are teams with maybe one or two superstars, but not really many that have three, unless you count Draymond Green as a superstar and once um, uh, uh, Thompson, uh, not Michael Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson comes back uh, from injury, maybe three with Golden State. So there, and this, I wonder if this is an edict by Commissioner Silver and maybe told Paul George, hey, we're going to punish the Lakers if you sign there for tampering and he didn't send them there. And he and and now Paul George is in L.A. with the Clippers instead. Um, but you got multiple teams with, with at least one star or young people ready to make that jump maybe to put them over the hump. That can, I would say, be considered a tier one contender. You go through the teams, the Celtics, they got Kemba, and they got some young guys that aren't too shabby, and and, and Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, and you still got Gordon Hayward coming off injury, and they're a team that can that can play people. The Brooklyn Nets, even though Durant is out. For a year, you still got Kyrie and Dinwiddie and all those guys, and they proved they could be a playoff team last year. 76ers. They, they're loaded. I don't know if they have enough shooting to do anything, but they, they, they were a four bounces on the rim shot going in by Kawhi Leonard for maybe winning a title this year. The Raptors, they lose Kawhi, but they've been winning and winning and winning. Very good GM. Bulls are young. They're probably not in that, that championship lover tier. Same with the Cavaliers. Pistons, no. Pacers, Oladipo coming back. Made some moves. Very good team. You guys say they're championship tier. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously, championship tier, even though they uh, they lost Brogdon. You got the Hawks are, are kind of young. I kind of – them in Sacramento are like young up-and-coming teams. Maybe even the Bulls in the young up and team. Not the Hornets. Heat with Jimmy Butler. He got one star. I mean, he's got his own show now down there. Magic, like the Hawks and Sacramento Kings, not on that tier yet, but young and up and coming. The Wizards, not not a chance. So you got in the East, you got to consider the Heat, the Bucks, the Pacers, the Raptors, the 76ers, the Nets, the Celtics. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, seven teams in contention and a couple young teams ready to maybe burst that bubble. It's not bad. The West, and you know, with with uh, Kevin Durant leaving the West to go to East, there's a little bit of a power shift. Jimmy Butler stays in the East. A little bit of a power shift away from the West towards the East. You have Clay Thompson out for the year, a little, little bit of a shift. I know you lose Kawhi going back to the Clippers, but it's kind of a, you know, the, the East kept Kyrie. 
The West Stars are getting a little bit older. But the West, you got the Warriors still contenders. The Clippers, obviously, still contenders. The Lakers are contenders. Sacramento, not a contender, but up and coming. So you got three in that Pacific division. Then you got the Nuggets, definitely a contender. They were this year. Timberwolves with Big Cat, that's a contender. Who knows what the Thunder's going to do with Westbrook now. Trailblazers, they were in the finals this year, contender. Jazz got better, contender. So you have one, two, three, four in the Northwest. You got three in the Pacific. That's seven teams. Mavericks up and coming, eight. Rockets contender, nine. Pelicans like what they're doing. Spurs, playoff team last year, still got pop, 10. There's a lot of teams that can challenge for an NBA title this year. And it should be an interesting regular season, see how teams build around their one or two stars that they have. Uh, looks like the Lakers are going to get Avery Bradley, a nice defensive piece for them. Kuzma, defensive player. Um, yeah, yeah, they're not, I mean, I know LeBron doesn't play much defense, but everybody else around him does. So they're kind of taking care of that aspect. You need to get some more shooters up. Uh, so that'll be a very interesting, very, very, very interesting NBA season. Uh, go to the website, jeffreyblander.com. All our baseball picks are there. There won't be any baseball picks probably until Thursday or Friday because it's the All-Star break. And uh, maybe we'll do a little mid-season report on uh, on the Thursday podcast. comes out on, on July 11th. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little... You know, mid-season report for Major League Baseball. Uh, be sure to visit the website. Picks are absolutely free. Click on the Amazon banner ad. Buy yourself something nice. A little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show. No additional cost to you. I actually had a winning week before the All-Star break. It went 12-7. and seven, Up 4.75 units for the week last week for you. And uh, 160 and 199. I'm going to try to get to 300 wins before I get to 300 losses. I am... 39 games below 500 in Major League Baseball picks. See if I can turn the ship around at the All-Star break. Uh, the Darth Wager, of course, with his wager theory, he's doing very well. He's got that going for him. Uh, but the picks will always be there. Uh, go there. You can get them. Uh, NFL. NFL. NFC West. Over-under time. Talk briefly about that. The Cardinals. NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, the over to under nine line is five. Five wins. If you take the over, it's minus 125. Under that's minus 105. They've done nothing to address that offensive line. And that's a big problem. And I, I know they got a new quarterback. They got rid of Rosen. Now they got Kyler Murray. Uh, the issue is that offensive line. You got Detroit uh, to open up the season at home. Maybe that helps them. Detroit's defense. Their defensive line is usually pretty good, too. Then you get the Ravens. You get the Carolina Panthers. You get Seattle with their defense. Cincinnati. It's it's a it's not an easy schedule. I mean, three, three of the first five are home. Four of the first six are home. You're only at Cincinnati and at Baltimore. You need to make some hay in the beginning of the year because the end of the year gets rougher. You're going to get that hungry Giants team on October 20th on the road. Then you get the Saints. You go home for San Fran. Then you're at Tampa, at San Fran. Rams home. Pittsburgh home. Not easy. That defense is going to be a lot better in Pittsburgh. Cleveland home. 
That defense is pretty good. At Seattle, at the Rams. I don't know if I pick for pick a team to pick under under get under five wins, but if I was going to, the Arizona Cardinals might be that team. They might be that team. Seattle Seahawks. They're over underline. It's an interesting one. Over eight and a half is minus one thirty five. Over minus one thirty five for eight and a half wins. They really are pushing you to take that under at plus 105. And there might be a reason why they're doing that. The, the Seahawks, they kind of getting, the, getting their second life as a team under Pete Carroll. Uh, they're kind of a ground and pound team. We talked about when I, they, they run the ball, uh, one of the most often teams in the league that run the ball. Uh, they kind of have a very good quarterback. They, they kind of built around that. Uh, control and tempo a game. They're leading off the year against the Bengals. And then they got to go to Pittsburgh. And then they get the Saints at home. Uh, they got to win that first game against the Bengals at home because that's a tough roadie in Pittsburgh. Saints will be tough even though it's home. Uh, at Arizona. They play a Thursday night game home against Los Angeles. That's an advantage to them playing that short week home game. They had to go to Cleveland. They're at Baltimore. They, they, you know, not an easy schedule for the Seahawks. I can see why you take them winning nine. You don't know what Garoppolo has in San Francisco, whether they're real or not real. You got the two games against Arizona. That's almost three or four wins built right in. They are playing the AFC South, a, a traditionally a better team, uh, better better division. But I can see why why it's the over number is is, is eight and a half. Uh, I wouldn't do it. The odds just aren't that good. I, I wouldn't touch it. The Niners. Big question with the Niners is Garoppolo, and can he stay healthy? Uh, are they for real? Can uh, the coach get it done. They don't. They don't do diddly on the on the road. That's for darn sure. Uh, they do have Nick Bosa uh, that helps their defensive line a little bit. But Garoppolo is the key. They got a bunch of toys for him to play with. They do have a good stable of running backs. Their opening schedule is kind of kind. Their road games to start off two roadies. At Tampa, at Cincinnati, you think they might win both of those. Two tough ones at home, though, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. But, the, you know, not the toughest of schedule. Their over-under number uh, is 8. Minus 125 for over. Under is minus 105. I don't think I touched them uh, at all. Uh, they're just a, a lot of unproven things on the San Francisco 49ers. From the coach... To the quarterback, and that's two of the keys I look for when I'm picking games in the NFL. The coach and the quarterback, and both are unproven. Very unproven. Okay. Uh, the Rams, the last one, their over number line is 10 and a half. You take the over, it's even money. You take the under, it's minus 130. So it looks like they're they're daring teams to take that that uh 
that over number with the even money, which makes me think they know something. You know, the Todd Gurley no longer uh, doesn't look like he's the invincible guy. They start off cross-country trip at Carolina. That won't be easy. Cam Newton will be healthy, the healthy shoulder. And they were good when his shoulder was healthy last year. Then they get the Saints in Tampa. Saints at home. Uh, Saints and then Cleveland. I'm sorry. Saints and then Cleveland on the road. So they go East Coast, home, practically East Coast to Cleveland, back home again, and then go short week up in Seattle. That's a tough opening stanza. And then they get San Fran, who you don't know if San Fran's for real or not. And then they got to go East Coast again to Atlanta. Home again. Is that Cincinnati game actually home? No, it's played at a neutral location. Uh, that game that game might be in uh, Mexico City, possibly. And then they go East Coast trip Pittsburgh. Wow. First 10 weeks of the season, they go East Coast week one, East Coast week three, Short week, week five, East Coast week seven, East Coast week ten. This is why they're daring you to take that, take that over number, because that's a tough beginning. And then they get a stretch where they don't have to travel as bad. They pretty much stay west of the Mississippi after week ten. They get Chicago home won't be easy. Baltimore home, who knows? At Arizona, Seattle home, at Dallas, at San Fran, at Arizona, easy. Easy finish to the season, but that opening uh, beginning is pretty tough for the uh, for the Rams. Go to my bookie AG. They have they have a super contest, hundred dollar entry, hundred fifty thousand dollars to the winner. Top fifteen uh, pickers in their super contest win money. Uh, you should do that. Uh, uh, Use the promo code DARTH when you sign up at MyBookieAG. Get a 50% sign-up bonus. Sign up for that super contest. The more people to sign up, if they get over 2,000 people signing up, the prize money increases. More people, the better. More people, the better. So MyBookieAG, use the promo code DARTH. You play, you win, you get paid at MyBookieAG. Uh, Game of Thrones. Before we get back to the Joker. Uh, Game of Thrones. We have the Sweet 16 battle and the Game of Thrones. The battle by single combat for the Iron Throne. And we're down to the Sweet 16. We are, we are looking at a, a four, four teams left in the, in the Winterfell bracket. Or is it the King's Landing bracket this week? I'm sorry, the King's Landing bracket. I I messed that up. It's the King's Landing bracket in Game of Thrones. Sweet 16 will be the final four from each bracket remaining. From the Valeria bracket, Tywin Lannister, the four seed, and the six seed, Alaria Sand advanced. And the Winterfell bracket, the one seed, Daenerys Targaryen, and the six seed, Ramsay Bolton advanced. And now we go to King's Landing. The nine seed, Tyron Lannister who had the upset in the second round, is facing off against the 13th seed, Peter Littlefinger Baelish. Two very bright 
individuals. But you know what? At the end of the Game of Thrones, who was still alive? Who was still breathing? Who was still around playing in the Game of Thrones? In fact, was the, one would say, the right-hand man of Bran the Broken, or will be in the ongoing future of the Game of Thrones, if they continue to go with it. Maybe it's not over. We can pretend it's not over. Um, so Tyron Lannister, I have him advancing over Peter Baelish. And then the other half of the bracket, the two-seed, Yara Greyjoy, played by Gemma Whalen. And the three-seed, Sandor, the Hound, again. Yara got captured quite a bit. Sandor got captured quite a bit. They're kind of like kindred spirits in this. Two very broken individuals. Uh, Sandor doesn't look like he survived at the end when he fought his brother, the Mountain. And I'm going to go with Yara upsetting Sandor, although I don't think he'd be distracted by her beauty. And I think he would be distracted because she is such a warrior, and I think he appreciates that uh, with the people. He, he liked he liked Brianna Tarth. He liked, he liked uh, Arya Stark. And, you know, Brianna Tarth didn't make it this far. Arya Stark hasn't made it this far. But Yara Greyjoy, Dar- Don Garnet, she is going to make it. I talked like a pirate because she is a pirate. She's on a ship. She's a female pirate. One of the best ones there is. So there you have it. King's, King's Landing. Sweet 16 battle. We're down to our final 16. Uh, Sweet 16 battles next next podcast. The Marine Bracket. We'll get to that in the next podcast. Podcast number 328. But now we got to go to Independence Day. We just celebrated Independence Day weekend. So the Joker and I are going to celebrate independence day by reviewing the actual movie independence day with will smith let's get to it with the joker joker we just celebrated independence day and i watched the movie independence day so we must discuss the movie independence day Came out in 1996, July 2nd. Can you guess how much it cost to make? $350 million. No, only $75 million. Oh, wow. It made almost a billion dollars, $817 million. I'm going to go on record and say I think this was Will Smith's first blockbuster. Uh, it may have been. Uh, yeah, also- I think it was. I'll, I'll have to check that. Um, but uh, he, uh, obviously the star of the show, uh, so to speak. Ah, fuck that. Randy Quaid, man. Randy Quaid was very good. He was, Will Smith was Captain Stephen Hiller. And he wanted $50 million to do, do to do the two sequels. There's a trilogy for this movie. I just watched the second one, by the way, also. It wasn't bad. Didn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yes, Randy Quaid was Russell Case. Uh, he was quite a uh, quite a character, to say the least. Yeah, they told him not to act and just to be himself. <laughs> uh, Bill Pullman was Thomas J. Whitmore, the president. It was, that was supposed to be Kevin Spacey's role, you know. Yes, I was going to say that uh, Kevin Spacey was supposed to be in this. I had that written down somewhere. 
Ah, oh, I forgot what it was. Uh, yeah, but I have that written down somewhere. Kevin's that that part was for Kevin Spacey. Um, and uh, the Jeff Goldblum was David Levinson, the smart guy, and Judd Hirsch. Now, from- here's, an int- here's an interesting fact about Jeff Goldblum. Okay. In this movie and Jurassic Park, he delivers the same line. Oh, my God. Must go faster. Must go faster. Must go faster. Must go faster. Yes. Yes. And uh, he also ad-libbed 90% of his uh, dialogue in Independence Day. Did he really? Yeah. Did not know that. His father was uh, Judd Hirsch, who was uh, famous. Well, I know him from Taxi, the TV show, with Danny DeVito. So you're probably uh, familiar with it, right? Andy Kaufman, baby. Andy Kaufman. Talk about a guy that ad libbed. The first ever intergender championship wrestler. Oh, really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah, he used to do a circuit in the Mid South challenging women out of the crowd and shit. <laughs> and then it was a big blow, the big blow up was him versus Jerry the King Waller. And uh, they ended up going on Letterman. Uh, Jerry the King Waller slapped the shit out of him. Kaufman went on a, a fuck you tirade for like a minute and then threw hot coffee on him. Oh my god! <laughs> it, uh, it was you know it was all uh, it, it they made it seem like they really hated each other, but deep down they had planned it all because Andy Kaufman loved wrestling and wanted uh, the wrestling to be taken to a higher stage. Oh, and it kind of also ruined it also ruined his acting career because nobody would cast him ever again. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I would say that I have to go back to your to your uh, Will Smith as big as this was his first big role. I think you have to go back the year before for Bad Boys. He was Mike Lowry. Ah, uh, that's right. I forgot about Bad Boys. And he had a nice little run though. Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State. Wild Wild West, not so much. Then it starts to go downhill. Legend of Baggard Vance. Ali was pretty good. Uh, Men in Black 2. Boys, Bad Boys 2. And then he started to, to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big Will Smith fan other than Fresh Prince. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job at Deadshot and Suicide Squad, but hey, I don't know. I just I think it's corny. Yeah. Uh, the general, uh, Robert Logia, General William Gray, he also owned the big toy store, the, the toy store in Big with Tom Hanks. Uh, oh, no shit. Yeah, so the general was in Big. He was the toy store owner. <laughs> and then... I noticed they had like a crazy scientist guy. I think this is the, I'm going to call this the back to the future effect. They needed a Doc Brown in this movie. And they went with uh, Albert Nibzicki, played by Harvey Feinstein. Really? Yeah. So that that's a, he, he was in the second movie. He's pretty funny. He had more of a role in the second movie. Uh, Vivica Fox was in this, in this one. She was Will Smith's uh, love interest. Uh, 
Jazz. She was known. Her her uh, name in the movie was Jasmine Dubrow. Yeah, it was so much chagrin to Rick Fox. Yes. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. was Captain Jimmy Wilder. Right. And did you know that the guy, the dad from Wonder Years, was in this? Really? Yeah, he's one of the commanding officers. He had a bit role in this. I didn't pick up on that. I'm usually good at that. Yeah. Uh, this won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Was a Kid's Choice favorite movie. Uh, People's Choice Award for Favorite Dramatic Motion Picture. Empty Movie Award for Best Kiss Between Will Smith and Vivica Fox. Yeah, this was the... Uh... I'm going to say this was the height of the Will Smith era. I do believe he was getting jiggy with it. Yes, this was not the peak of his of his game, but it was pretty close. He had a light, a minute. I'm going to say his his mini run was was one, two, three, four movies in a row. He went Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State, and then I think it kind of went down from there. My my opinion. I did like I Robot. Uh, I did like Hitch. I am legend. Eh. Hancock. I actually liked Hancock. Um, there's a movie on Netflix with him. Uh, he's a cop, and his other cop is like a fucking fairy or a gnome or something. It's actually really good. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It was like a straight to Netflix movie, but it was, I actually liked it a lot. He's one of the uh, producers for the Cobra Kai series on YouTube. Oh, I see. Well, wasn't his son in it? He was in one. He was in the uh, remake of. Um, yeah. Of that. So, uh, let's see what else. Uh, the the writers, uh, Roland Emmerich and Dean uh, Seelan, wrote this script in a month on vacation in Mexico. Yeah, you can really tell. I mean, aliens come, and then you know. Your, your average aliens come, they have a force field that we can't penetrate. Lo and behold, some freaking moron figures it out, and there you go. Okay. Uh, did you know the U.S. military was going to provide personnel, vehicles, and costumes, but they backed out? Do you know why? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess if I had to, because they talked about a area that doesn't exist but does exist. Area 51. You got it. <laughs> Um, so this was, this movie was known for the white house getting blown up. That white house they made was a replica 10 feet by five feet. Uh, it took a week to plan the destruction of it. It took 40 explosive charges to blow up the white house. I heard the explosives were provided by Jason Peter Paul. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a broken neck, man. Leave him alone. Uh, broke his neck. Yeah, he broke his neck in a car accident. He might not play this year. Jesus Christ, he can't catch a finger. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they made a bunch of models of city streets and buildings uh, for destruction during the ship attacks during the movie. Uh, they, this is one of the first movies. It was a summer movie, but they began their marketing during the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Thirty. Uh, they spent like $1.3 million uh, marketing the movie then. And it turned out pretty big because uh, they uh, they made $817 million on this movie. 
They, I think they actually just got dethroned for biggest uh, July 4th uh, opening week. Yeah. By who? Spider-Man. By, by who? Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Saw it yesterday. Great movie. All right. So in this movie, there's a, a big guy with a Harley, uh, with Harley clothes on and a leather cap. He appears in a lot of scenes at the end of the movie. He's an extra. He wasn't planned there on purpose. Just happens to be in a lot of the, a lot of the shots, and he's recognizable. There's a there's a scene in Major League that I always talk about. Do you the remember what it chick. is? The fat chick. No, the fat guy. Oh, the fat. No, there's a fat chick and the fat guy. That, that, You're talking that, about the, the, there's a dancing fat chick. And then at the end of the movie, there's the fat guy that does a double around to get on the field. Yes, he runs back on the field twice. I'm like, hey, that guy ran on the field twice. What did he go back in the stands? You know, this is a true story. Back in my heydays, I used to go to house parties, and I'd pick a random movie, like, off whatever house we were. And I would pause the movie and tell all these people that I was a professional Hollywood extra, and they would believe me. Oh, really? I would and the crazy shit is like I'm picking movies from the seventies, I wasn't even fucking bored. <laughs> Nobody ever caught on. I'm like, yeah, I was an extra in this movie. They're like, no way, I'm like, yeah. I would I would say something like lavish, like, oh yeah, my uncle uh is a professional photographer and he does a lot of film work and he's working with these special cameras he only uses. So in the summertime he would bring me out there and Every once in a while, I'd get thrown on the movie set. People would buy this. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, so a couple things. Area 51, if it exists, in the movie it says the president doesn't know about it because they want plausible deniability. I think this could actually be true because if Trump knew about Area 51, you know he'd be talking about it, right? Uh, he would be in strong denial, much like everything else. All right. Another mistake from the movie I saw. Captain Stephen Hillers at his at his stripper girlfriend's house. He's taking a leak. He's looking out the window, and everybody's leaving because of the spaceship in in L.A. Right? They're supposed to be in California. The neighbors that are leaving, they take off in a car, and the plates say Wyoming on it. <laughs> they, I, you know, I would look further into that. Nick, what was the license? If you find out the license plate. The license plates sometimes are a nod to, like, the Easter eggs. Like, I was watching the thing yesterday on uh, Spider-Man, and a lot of the um, license plates were, like, nods to, like, the first appearance when those people were out in the comic books, so the number would uh, correspond with that. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. All right, so now supposed to, we're, we're going to play the game. At what point in the movie would we die? All right? So if you're... If you're Captain Stephen Hiller, me and you are Captain Stephen Hiller. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, six areas where we could die during this movie. All right. The first one, initial fight with aliens when he's in the plane and he's driving through the canyon. Second one, he's dragging the alien uh, on the walk back to Area 51. And he gets uh, picked up by the uh, refugee convoy. Led by uh, our our boy uh, Randy Quaid. Uh, third one, Alien Inside Area Fifty One when it takes control of Albert Nibzik, Nibziki. 
Remember when the alien grabs onto the uh, the Doc Brown character and talks through him? Yeah. All right. Then there's uh, that's number three. Then number four is fighting an alien ship uh, when he's inserting the computer virus. And then I got the flight back to Area 51. And then that's the fifth one. And the flight back, uh, the flight back to Earth. And then the last one I have uh, 10 years after beating the aliens uh, from the STD that Jasmine Dubroy gave him because he's dating a stripper. I'm going to say none of these. None of these? But with a twist on the stripper theory, he's shot by a jealous patron who was obsessed with his wife. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, who else could be Captain Stephen Hiller if uh, if Will Smith didn't take this part? Uh, I got three that I think could do it. I got The Rock. Oh, okay. Um, Bruce Willis. I got Bruce Willis. That's that's kind of in Bruce Willis's wheelhouse around this time of. Time of filming too. I'm gonna say Arnold. Arnold, yes. Um, I I got two for you. I think you're gonna want one of oh. these two. First one, Damon Wayne's. Yeah, the last point scout. Yep. All right. Here's another one. Wesley Snipes. I could see Wesley Snipes doing that movie. I think Wesley Snipes could do that movie. I, I'd go with Wesley Snipes. By the way, the last time we did the pod, we were talking about Blade. Yep. They've been showing them all week on TV. I watched all three. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so you talked about the president was supposed to be Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I've got some, I got some candidates. I want you to vote on who you want to be the, the president if we remade this. Uh, Dennis Habert, who's been president many times. He was in Major League. He was Serrano in Major League. He was the president in 24. He was he was uh, uh, Max the Hammer Dubois in Mr. Baseball with uh, Tom Selleck. He's the voice of Allstate. Yes, the voice of Allstate. Uh, he could be president. Martin Sheen. Uh, okay, Mo- yeah, I could see yeah, that. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a switcheroo on you. I'm gonna go with Ronnie Cox, Cohagen from Total Recall from the last podcast. Could he be president? Okay. All right. Uh, uh D- Donald Sutherland. He's always president. All right, and, and this is who I'm gonna go with. Mark Harmon. He's young, athletic enough to still fly the plane. I think Dennis Haber could still fly the plane. I'm not sure about, I believe, Morgan Freeman, Ronnie Cox, Donald Sutherland could fly a plane. Maybe Martin Sheen because he was younger in the 90s. I'm going to go with Mark Harmon. Okay. Uh, who else could be Randy Quaid if we, they couldn't get Randy Quaid? Zach Galakadokas. Oh. <laughs> okay. He might steal the show, though. Um... Tim Heidecker. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. No, I'm not. Um, he writes a lot of the stuff for Funny or Die. Okay. How about Gary Bussey? Uh, I had the show. 
That's a good one. How about how about one of your favorites, Jeff Daniels? The dude. Yeah, I could see the dude doing that. And then my reach was Mike um, my reach was Mike Myers. Yeah, that's a reach. You know who would be perfect for that role if they were still alive? I got two guys. I got three guys. Tommy Boy. Farley, Belushi, or um, John Candy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All three of them would fit that role perfectly. You know the original voice of Shrek was supposed to be Farley, right? Oh, really? They shot three quarters of the movie, and when he died, they had to redo the whole movie. That's when they got Mike Myers. Oh, my gosh. I know. Ugh. I got a couple other uh, things before we go. Uh, the Jeff Goldblum character, the smart guy. Uh, I want to go a different way with it. I would like to see Danny DeVito in that part. You know he's in the new Jumanji? Is he really? Yeah, I saw the previews yesterday. It's going to be it's him, Kevin Hart, The Rock. It's going to be amazing. Oh, nice. Two other people I picked to be Jeff Goldblum's uh, character, uh, David Levinson. Uh, Tom Arnold? I can see that, yep. Or how about this, because I was watching a little bit of Star Wars. Um, Sam Jackson, Mace Windu. You know who I'm surprised he didn't go with? Your boy. Who? Uh, God, he's on SNL. I can't think of his name right now. He had a cartoon called The Critic. Uh, he was in. He was in the the rat race. Oh my gosh! Uh, you're losing me. I, I oh. Remember, he hits his face on the steering wheel, and he was driving Hitler's yes. car. Yes, 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 yes. I could see him. He was in City Slickers. Uh, oh shit! What was his name? I gotta look it up. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, oh my god! What else I is he in? Can't I can't believe I'm having this brain fart right now. John Lovitz. John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Ah, yes, I love John Lovitz. Yep. Uh, the crazy doctor. The the Doc Brown character. The Jimmy De- Jimmy Dukowski from T- Taxi. How has come from? We went back to Taxi again. Um, I got a couple guys that could. Pl- I got a few guys that could play that part. One if he was still alive. Um, Robin Williams. Yes. He might he might be like Galifianakis and, and kind of steal the show, though. Uh, Ed Harris. Okay. John Lithgow. And this is my favorite one for the crazy doctor because he can play a lot of roles. Steve Buscemi. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I got one more thing to add about Independence Day uh, before we leave. Do you know what the alien slime was? It was KY Jelly. It was KY Jelly. Very good, Joker. Very good. Uh, all right. That about wraps it up. Independence Day. We enjoyed that film. You got anything else to add to the good of the podcast, Joker? Uh, I recommend everybody go watch uh, Spider-Man. Um, I'm going to say it was the best Spider-Man film ever made. Okay. And there's been a uh, lot of them. <laughs> this one, uh, whoever's writing these Marvel movies, good God, they, they are fucking killing it, bro. 
the way they're intertwining all their movies from like 12 years ago, it's just, it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I am thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with everything they put out. Cool. Uh, I recommend go see that. And um, what was I watching the other day that was pretty funny? Uh, damn it, I can't recall. I'll save it for next time. All right. Next time, we'll ha- we'll be talking uh, The Running Man, Richard Dawson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. The dad's favorite movies. Yep. All right. So there you have it. Uh, please be sure to visit the website, jeffreyblander.com. All the pics are there. Absolutely free. Click on that Amazon banner. Buy yourself something nice. A little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. And don't forget I'm an author of the Ali Armini series, Cold Blood Red, Fourth and Dead Squeeze Play. Get that from my publisher, thewordverb.com, or if you're Amazon Prime or Kindle Select user, you can download to your favorite electronic reading device for absolutely free. I hope everybody has a great work week now that the 4th of July is over.